Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money only on Money FM 89.3. Your crypto questions answered concisely with our experts. Thank you very much for sending those questions by as well. Uh, you can keep doing that. I'm at Michelle Martin Radio on Instagram. You can send me your messages there. The first Bitcoin upgrade in four years has just been approved by miners around the world. It's called Taproot. It's due to take effect in November. So your question, what's Taproot all about and what does this mean for investors? We'll get to that in a while. Also, making headlines, the U.S. Department of Justice saying it sees the majority of the 4.5 million Bitcoin ransom that was paid to the dark side criminal hacker group for its attack that ultimately took the colonial pipeline fuel network down for nearly a week in May. So if you're thinking, isn't anonymity a big part of Bitcoin transactions? How was it that 4.5 million paid to that hacker group was recovered then? We'll get to the bottom of that. And also you've heard of the Lightning Network. That's a layer atop the Bitcoin blockchain that uses its own special rules to facilitate cheaper and faster transactions. So I was reading, um, you know, Jack Dorsey from Twitter being asked at a conference, would Twitter add a layer of lightning to its network to facilitate transactions? And would that, in effect, expand the user case for Bitcoin? And he said, it's a matter of time. So you might be wondering, what is a lightning network? to begin with. We'll answer those questions. Krishna Ramachandra, Managing Director from Dwayne Morris Selvam LLC, Senior Advisor to the Global Blockchain Foundation and Chairman of the Helix Initiative, joining us live. Good morning, Krishna. How are you? I'm very good, Michelle. Good morning. Good morning. So let's start first up with the question of the Bitcoin and Ether volatility. So we know that earlier on Monday, Bitcoin actually surged past $40,000 for the first time in two weeks. This after Elon Musk, Tesla's CEO, said the electric car maker would accept it as an alternative payment subject to miners meeting environmental standards. And the widely tracked 200-day simple moving average resistance currently at about $42,484 for Bitcoin. This according to Trading view. That's a technical analysis data source. So broadly, Krishna, we know that market mood has improved ahead of the U.S. Federal Reserve rate decision that's due out tonight. May keep some gains in check. But when you look at Bitcoin and Ether price movements, what do you think is behind some of the recent volatility? It's a very good question. It's quite a complex uh, answer, actually. But um, let's just say that we. It's quite a seminal move right now with this vol- this particular volatility in the space of volatility because it marks the uh, it marks the entrance of um, the institutional players and when I mean institutional I don't refer to the traditional Wall Street institute uh, institutional players but perhaps the uh, the syndicates the professional syndicates which have been working behind the scenes and they know very well how the um, the technical analysis are going, in fact, to the extent of analyzing how the retail investor would be analyzing it as well and then preempting it. Uh, we've all heard about uh, Wyckoff's um, technical analysis, which has you know, traditionally been used for the last you know, 100 odd years. And to preempt that and to assume that retailers are also using that to some extent, or at least at this phase, to predict how the market will go. So I think it's... Um, 
it's interesting to see what's happening because there there's a lot at play uh, you just mentioned the federal reserve mm. um you know if it was equities uh, that would have a an impact uh, but now the narrative is not uh, the traditional sources of narrative that one looks at for equity but for for the crypto market it's um, it's a lot deeper you can also uh, see how the the narrative is controlled by the crypto media as well so now the question is who controls the crypto media and it's you know it's a new form of media as well mm. so because that then flows down to the retail investor and you know as they talk about you know distribution and then and accumulation uh, by the uh, by the bigger players i think we are we're seeing that now as well but the uh, the thing is are you aware of what your particular position is in the overall market and who who are controlling the levers right now mm. so you're going to take us down that rabbit hole who's controlling <laughs> the levers right now <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, as I mentioned before, I, I think if if uh, if I can be a bit more philosophical about sure, this, uh, yeah, I, I I would say that for those who have, um, and I know a lot have have been um, somewhat uh, scarred by the recent uh, volatility, especially mm. the uh, the one day drop as well. Mm. You know, just just look upon this as a great way to understand the new type of narrative that's being created, mm-hmm. and in in this whole digital asset space per se. And and if you like, when when you look at investing, you know, or rather you look at investments versus speculation, right? Because this is really speculation. This is just, you know, imagine it's a game of chance and there is there's no measurement of risks. And uh, and no matter how much you analyze a particular token or a coin, mm-hmm. all of that goes out of the window when the narrative is controlled by a completely different set of um data point right and so so i think for your listeners out there who are you know who have done the great thing by opening out you know a wallet and um, and maybe had a flutter to it um some of the coins at least just understand that this is becoming a lot more pervasive as mm-hmm. in uh, digital currencies are becoming a lot more pervasive and they're going to form a huge part of the behavioral economics and you know, if you're an analyst and you are looking at um, um, crafting a a position for a uh, for a traditional company, so to speak, then you got to look at the digital economics around it and and what is that company looking to do in terms of embracing its growth and um, and whether it is embracing the the digital part of its growth. And you know, let's just look at NFTs, right? So we there was so much buzz about NFTs uh, a couple of months ago, and the buzz related around you know the price paid for a particular digital art and and other things. So after the dust of the speculation and investment um, parts of that have settled, you then look at how NFTs actually do play a significant role in the digital economy and the companies or the startups or the uh, um, entities that have actually embraced NFT as part of their ecosystem of value proposition for their customers or their stakeholders, those are the companies that are ahead of the game. So uh, when we talk about NFTs, you talk about, uh, it's a company called Zed Run. Um, you know, they, they created, instead of crypto uh, kitties, you know, they created, you know, horses, right? Instead, of, instead of what, sorry? 
instead of crypto uh, kitties. Yeah. Kitties, uh, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So something a lot more meaningful, if you like, and this is in the gaming industry. And so they have, you know, they started off with um, just simply having a, uh, a horse and, you know, uh, mining those horses. And they, they're attached, obviously, to an NFT. But then it starts pervasively to enter into other parts of their business ecosystem because you then have those NFTs which uh, relate around, you know, you have other NFT holders who have similar horses to compete with each other. Then there's this whole thing about breeding. And and it's just quite amazing how they have looked at the, look at their customer base, their customers, um, behavioral patterns, and, Mm -hmm. and really analyze all of this then to make NFTs work for them at that level. So that's the, that, that's the significant part of all of this, you know, yeah. beyond the investment and speculation and all of that that we have. The broader narrative. No, I totally understand. Totally. I was just speaking with a very famous New York designer, Rebecca Minkoff. So her, mm-hmm. her brand has made over $100 million in sales. And I asked her, I said, what do you think is the next big disruption, wave of disruption for fashion? Mm-hmm. And she said, Michelle, we are studying NFTs. Mm. And I thought, yeah, that's brilliant because in the metaverse, you know, people might want a Rebecca Minkoff bag or or, or outfit. And it's just amazing that, you know, uh, Rebecca Minkoff, well-known designer, openly speaking about studying NFTs very seriously. This reminded me of NVIDIA CEO also saying we're on the cusp of a blockchain and NFT enabled metaverse. So he's one of the most powerful mm-hmm. men in tech uh, mm-hmm. saying that this metaverse, a, a term for this virtual worlds or self-contained economies interlinked, mm-hmm. of course is just around the corner. So I get what you're saying about um, totally. Totally. the, the broader totally. narrative. So I wonder if you can help us understand a little bit mm-hmm. of the technicalities of, of Bitcoin because we've had a question asking about what the taproot is. So for the other mm-hmm. listeners, the taproot is Bitcoin's first upgrade in four years, just been approved by miners around the world, said to be a rare moment of consensus amongst stakeholders. I'm not sure what the consensus is about, but let's find out with Krishna. What is a taproot, uh, the Bitcoin upgrade, and and when it happens in November, Krishna, do you think this is going to be significant for price movements for Bitcoin? Um, I would imagine it would be um, somewhat significant because you would argue that it would have been priced into the market in the uh, in the uh, upcoming months. But because this particular upgrade involves uh, basically what we call the layer two, which is scalability and, and the efficiency of the um, of the protocol. Um, it's going to impact how Bitcoin, if you like, comes to the scene and disrupts the other infrastructure protocols that are out there. And, you know, there's a lot of talk about uh, DeFi um, on Bitcoin and allowing for DeFi projects to uh, to rely on the Bitcoin protocol to actually be a a source of various other projects that will then emanate from it. So, but Bitcoin has never, if you like, um, resulted in projects which require constant, uh, constant transacting. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, that's been left to Ethereum largely. And so for Mm -hmm. Bitcoin to enter the scene, um, it's it's huge because Bitcoin has uh, always um, held the, um, the the top position for being you know the most secure protocol and 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 you know it in in a way it's um it's it's just got one job right it's just it's it's just meant to be a um a 
it started off as a currency and as a medium of exchange, and and that was it. You know, it had, if you like, the the simplest of smart contract uh, languaging into this protocol that was then uh, um, adopted by uh, the other protocols and then expanded upon, like uh, by Ethereum, into a lot more um, complex smart contracting language. Uh, in fact, NFTs were uh, part of the, um, the the Ethereum expansion of that original smart contracting language. So, for me, I think you know if um, it goes ahead and the um, the the devs as well as the uh, the miners have um, uh, agreed, I think there's a ninety percent um, threshold that needs to be um, passed. It's uh, it's it's going to be huge because you then have projects which have placed a lot of importance on on security and robustness. Uh, that means and anti-hackability being um, the key um, feature, um, then you'll see a lot more of those projects coming out of the woodwork uh, to be uh, based on the uh, Bitcoin protocol. So is it fair to say that this development could unlock uh, the usage case for Bitcoin, helping it go increasingly mainstream? Yeah, you know, I I was previously not long on Bitcoin. I mean, I've always been... um, um, at best medium uh, term, because uh, I, I, I think if its central purpose is just to be uh, a, um, a medium of uh, exchange initially and then, you know, uh, resulting as a uh, store of value. And, and if you take the view that there will be other digital currencies coming along, mm-hmm. then if you strip away that basic feature of store of value, you know, then you start questioning, uh, you know, the use case. But, the robustness of its security, the fact that it is truly decentralized, perhaps the only decentralized project out there. Um, although I do like YFI as a uh, philosophically as being a, uh, a decentralized project as well. But um, I would say it has reignited, if you like, the original hopes that people had for uh, for Bitcoin and what it serves, at least philosophically, because now you have it being equipped with scalability, speed, and and all of that potentially when um, when that fork happens, that soft fork happens. In November. All, all right. right. Um, I understand if the main happens. change with Taproot is something to do with digital signatures that will afford for greater transaction privacy. Is that to yeah. some extent correct? Okay, so speaking on privacy, uh, here's mm-hmm. another question. The U.S. Department of Justice recently said it seized the majority of that $4.5 million ransom, Bitcoin ransom, that was paid to a hacker group, the Dark Side, for its attack that ultimately took down the Colonial Pipeline Fuel Network for about a week in May. So this seizure is the first successful investigation by the Justice Department new task force. So I guess, you know, people are seeing this as a race between um, security and and the people behind cryptocurrencies. But where does this, what does this all mean for anonymity and Bitcoin? So here's the actual question from a listener. If anonymity is at the heart of Bitcoin transactions, how is it that $4.5 million ransom paid to DarkSide was tracked and recovered? Um, good question. And I think this is a very good example of how... Um, we just don't know what the background narrative is. Uh, you just mentioned the task force, a new task force. Mm. They certainly want a. Uh, they certainly want to announce a win, 
and 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 this is a really easy target to begin with. Uh, and number two, dark side. I mean, dark side have actually uh, denied that they were uh, in fact uh, involved in in this particular uh, hack. And if you ask me, this is pretty Mickey Mouse in terms of how this whole operations had been uh, conducted because the I mean, from what I've said at least, the um, the uh, authorities were able to uh, audit and, retra- and, and trace the uh, the accounts through the servers that had been uh, that that the uh, hackers had uh, actually uh, placed their their private keys on, and uh, and you know that was the uh, the method in which they were traced. It was not linked to, if you like, the actual uh, protocol in itself. Mm-hmm. So that anonymity is still uh, is still sacred and. Uh, and, and maintain, mm. but it is what you go on to do with the subsequent steps, whether it's in 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 how you how you hold the coins, you know, on what wallet you use, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, and and if you have maintained the um, the tightness of the group, so to speak, because if you have more than one particular person controlling, if you like the uh, uh, the wallet, then you have uh, issues around you know what misstep they may have taken. So. There's a lot that goes around this, and you know there there are teams, right? There are teams amongst the big four. There are teams amongst authorities, uh, the big four accounting firms, and there are teams amongst the authorities as well that that do Bitcoin audits to um, to trace uh, the actual original source because there are a lot of people who, have, uh, who state that they they have made millions and you know it was from Bitcoin when, when in actual fact uh, it's uh, it's traceable at least to that extent. And you have to prove that you you had an originating wallet where you had bought it at like you know twenty bucks or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. If you then subsequently claim you have two hundred million uh, in that wallet, so that level of traceability is certainly there. I mean that's that's the virtue and the beauty of blockchain, right? Because you are able to see, look back to all the the, um, the transactions uh, from a data level uh, and to to ensure that there is no. Um, intervention and there's no alteration which wasn't actually approved by the uh, by the network as a whole so you know I, I think you know if you were to take little pieces out of this whole story mm-hmm. then you see a different narrative being formed um i i mean i i certainly look upon this as you know in 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 a sense right what is the uh, the growing significance of bitcoin or other digital currencies being used for illicit purposes right and is it actually because immediately you saw the uh, the lawmakers who were if you like anti digital currencies uh, in the US coming down to use this as the narrative and say oh exactly why we should not uh, be allowing digital currencies to uh, to take uh, center stage yeah. so yeah, so there's a lot of other narratives. That's what I'm saying, but um, I, I I don't think the robustness of the security of the transaction in itself, because and if that was also the the, the real dark side, they they would have used something like Monero or you know and uh, any of the other uh, tokens that would have actually not even allowed for the audit to have been possible. Mm, interesting. So think critically through the Twitter headlines and try to piece it together mm. for the broader narrative. All right, let's take a look at uh, more on the usage case. So Jack Dorsey, a long time 
sort of backer of, of Bitcoin advocate recently announced that he and his other payments firm Square, his other company, mm-hmm. is considering making a hardware wallet. And he also hinted that Twitter could integrate Bitcoin uh, layer two payments lightning network. I have no idea what a lightning <laughs> network is and neither does the listener who wants to know. Will the lightning network facilitate the usage of crypto, Krishna? Right. Okay. Uh, let's, let's go back to basics, right? So you mentioned taproot, right? So what is a taproot? I mean, you know, if you look at it, it's like, you know, you would have like a carrot, right? And it grows under, you know, uh, beneath the ground and it just uh, sprouts out various other roots. And so that's the whole idea behind um, uh, behind the scalability and layer two, which is to allow for the main highway, so to speak, mm-hmm. to continue to flow. And then you have all of these exits, right? So you've got ECP and then you've got, you know, you've got exit one, two, three, four, and, and allow for at the exit point for every transaction to be verified um, and for its re-entry for it to also be verified. But what happens when you exit and get into, I don't know, Marine Parade, right, from ECP? Mm-hmm. Um, then that's, um, that's not of the concern for the the traffic police, if you like, uh, on uh, on the ECP. So... The um, tap route, if you like, is, is is trying to achieve that in terms of um, layer two. And Lightning was a, a um, an attempt to to create the tributaries tributaries from the main expressway, if you like, the uh, the side roads, and to ensure that those transactions and the history of those transactions do not re-enter the main highway because that is going to put a massive load of volume, if you like, onto the uh, onto the, uh, the the main blockchain, uh, which is the biggest issue that Ethereum is facing right now, because every project, or you know, most projects are looking at building out from an Ethereum uh, protocol, and if you if you then have all that data. Right, right on that highway, but like let's just say the Ethereum highway, you know, you're going to imagine there's going to be a lot of congestion, and you're going to have gas fees that are um, so high, mm. and just you know, so gas fees are like toll, right? Mm-hmm. Toll fees, right, on a highway, and um, and imagine you have high toll fees, and then there's a lot of traffic as well as in like um, congestion. Then you're going to question why even use the ECP, right? Yeah, I'm referring mm-hmm. to the East Coast Park uh, mm-hmm. Expressway, right? Mm-hmm. So why even use it? And so for its survival, it's very survival, you know, layer two for Ethereum is going to be critical. And one would question whether the, um, whether we would even be talking about layer two as a distinction because it is just a necessary step for the efficacy of uh, projects that are based on the DLT technology for them to have that side chain, if you like, the, uh, the the exit road where all of that happens at a different level, mm. meaning it is managed privately. And then when they re-enter the public highway, so to speak, they um, um, they are verified and they and they continue onto the uh, um, the highway of data sanctity, if you like. Okay, so the Lightning Network would enable faster, cheaper transactions and mm-hmm. user-generated uh, channels to send and receive payments. What do you think if, if Twitter does integrate Bitcoin mm-hmm. in Lightning Network into its 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 system? 
Yeah, so you, you would imagine that the, the lightning part of it would mm. be an, an, an internal, it would be an internal um, um, settlement and data management from Twitter side, right? And so they would do the they would do the settlement off 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 the counters. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, off the market, off the uh, off the counter, and then once they have settle all of those with their merchants and their banks, etc. Right? Then you you go back and you update the um, the main protocol. So Twitter uh, would become a payment channel, basically. Ab- yeah, absolutely. It, it's just, I mean, it's it's the stuff that we as consumers we don't need to know how how they would actually rationalize and mm. and make that happen, right? But it because the layer two is being introduced and the scale is um, is is um, allowable now, less in massive scale, it then reinvents the whole the whole narrative and uh, use case for Bitcoin. Right, right. And, and, and that's why from being medium, you know, I'm, I'm back to long um, on, um, on BDC because you can now see even the narrative globally in terms of, you know, I, I know it's a bit of a sideshow, but, you know, El Salvador and, uh, yes. and, you know, the mayor Miami as well. And, you know, various, everyone wanting to, let's get onto this bandwagon, but it's, it's, it's good if you are a maximalist and you, and, you know, you're so pro and long uh, Bitcoin. Mm. Uh, and, and I think, I, so that's why I, you know, back to your original question, it's, a sem- it's kind of a seminal period of time, not only for the larger digital currency market, but I think even for, for, for Bitcoin, it's, it's not yet a a done deal and a, an, an absolute certainty that uh, Bitcoin is going to uh, uh, really rule the digital currency world or whether, in fact, um, we would have uh, such currencies uh, existing separate from uh, a mainstream uh, uh, digital monetary currencies uh, issued by central banks. Mm. But I think, you know, it's a lot stronger now, the use case. And All right. Yeah. Well, thanks for helping us tie together all this, these disparate uh, ties, uh, this disparate themes, I should say, and weave it together in a very understandable way. Krishna Ramachandra is Managing Director for Dwayne Morris Selvam LLC, Senior Advisor to the Global Blockchain Foundation, Chairman of the Helix Initiative, and one of our favorite people to turn to to understand the crypto world. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.